Welcome aboard, shipmates. This is Robert Gonzalez, your fantasy captain, alongside Nick Idlebot, the infamous pickle bet lowballer and no longer undefeated fantasy manager. I like to refute that fact. <laughs> How's it feel to be uh, here with the scrubs? Well, first off, pickle bet lowballer, very subjective. I can't <laughs> help it if I'm good at winning, and a lot of people just can't do basic math. <laughs> Uh, how does it feel to lose? Yeah, oh first loss of the year. fall from grace. I feel like, uh, you know, unknown guy, Julius Caesar, when he got stabbed to death by his good buddies. Betrayed. That was my team. <laughs> they betrayed me this week, you little bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens to the best of us. Um, last week, we couldn't be here, guys, uh, recording, so we had to skip a week, unfortunately. Uh, Southern California was basically on fire. Ended up shutting down the freeways, couldn't get into the studio, but uh, just want to let you guys know we're all okay, and we do have some pickle bets that we have to make up. Exciting news for the podcast, we are now going to be recording our pirate pickle bets for YouTube. We will continue to describe our beautiful faces here on the patio, on the, on the patio, the uh, podcast audio, but... Uh, I like the patio. Let's yeah. go with that, actually. <laughs> this is way better, patio. <laughs> because our podcast is shit, it sounds like... <laughs> Well, self-deprecating humor, man. Confidence. Yeah, that's what I go for. If you ever want to check out our expressions on the YouTube search bar, just type in More Park Raider Fantasy Mutiny or Pirate Pickle Bet, and I'm sure you'll find us. And we'll be uploading these same time we upload our podcast, end of the week before Sunday matchups. So to kick off our first YouTube Pickle Bet, I got a little surprise for you, Nick. Uh, we got some podcast plates promoting the podcast here for you. My so God. every time you lose, I'm going to be putting my beautiful face on there. Uh, objection about the beautiful part. <laughs> so I got a picture of my face on one of them, and it's just me doing the thinking cap, and then the other one's a football, and we got the podcast logo in both of those for you. All right, here's some Ziploc sandwiches for you, Nick. The back is actually beautiful. He's he's doing the Babe Ruth, I'm hitting it long. <laughs> but he's holding a football. The reference is lost on me. <laughs> All right, so today we got some... Pickle bets that we have to make up. Uh, two weeks ago, Nick and I did two head-to-head bets from players on our teams, and my team came through in the clutch. It was kind of a head-to-head matchup. You want to leave the saran wrap on there so it doesn't like. You could put it straight on, but is this I don't toxic know. glue? No, it's How not. How did you make no. this? Nah, I uh, I looked it up. It was dishwasher safe. You can eat it. All that stuff. You're so good. we have to put saran wrap on it. No, but I'd rather keep saran wrap on it. Just it should be a so used I don't plate. Have to deal with. It should be. All right, the, you, yeah. all right, fine. Go for it. Go for it. You want a pristine loser's plate, <laughs> dude? <laughs> all right. Uh, so anyway, Cup had a massive week, and he beat Edelman two weeks back. Edelman made it close. He had two touchdowns, but Cup still had a massive day against Cincinnati. And unbelievable. Unbelievable Hold on. day. Yeah, uh, you know, low ball bet. That was unbelievable. When I saw how good Edelman was doing, I was like, wow. I just assumed I already won the pickle bet without ever <laughs> checking the numbers. And then he texted me that I was going to be eating two things. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Yep. And lo and behold. Two. This Cooper is, Cup, yeah, 220 PSA. yards. Cooper Cup is very good. Amazing. I actually might be trying to shop him. You got to look ahead, Idiot but we'll move. see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. And then the uh, the next one uh, that I beat him on was Kelsey. Kelsey outpaced Waller. They both had a touchdown, but Kelsey went out for more yards that week. So I got two winners on that. I did make a third bet with a friend outside of the uh, studio here. So this has become a real life thing between me and my friends. And I will also be eating a pickle peanut butter sandwich. All right, guys, so as fun as it is uh, entertaining all of you guys, it does get expensive. So I'm going to reuse some of the pickle products we have here, but put a new twist on it. 
we talked about it. We're going to be eating peanut butter pickle squares, essentially. So I prepared for Nick. He gets two of them. And we had an extra square, so I gave him a nice PB&J because he does this on a volunteer basis, and I don't want him to go home. First peanut butter square, it's going to be peanut butter and herring. He's going to have that cinnamon twist to it, that fish and peanut butter. We'll see how it goes. Maybe it's delicious. I was surprised. We never know. And his second square is going to be a peanut butter, pickled egg, and the spicy pickle in that one. And then, like I said, he gets the third one to kind of wash it all down. Um, I'll be having the regular peanut butter pickle sandwich. We'll see how that tastes. And, um, yeah, let's let's get into it. Enjoy. Yeah. You want me to go first? I got the one. Yeah. Sure, buddy. <laughs> i like, not even scared. I heard this is delicious, and I'm down to try. Peanut butter pickle sandwich. Why did I get the pickle and the egg, and you got just the pickle? Because I got to pick what you got. It's supposed to be delicious. Seems rather unfair. And I'm the low baller. <laughs> There's certainly about, a bias in your podcast towards How about you yourself. tell Julian Edelman to score a third touchdown so you could actually beat Cooper Cup? But not my fault. Two touchdowns? Ooh, that's all I can do. If I could talk to Julian Edelman, mm-hmm. the first thing I would discuss is about pickled peanut butter sandwiches. This isn't great. I actually really hate this. Um, I'm going to say... I, I think along with the audience, is definitely shocked to hear that that isn't a good sandwich. I've heard peanut butter and pickles are supposed to be good, but it's too Where way, have you heard way this? too sour. Where have you heard this? Um, when I was looking up things to torture you with, this was going to be one of them. But you're looking up ways like to torture, and the people said this was good. Mm-hmm. I think that means it's good at torturing. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I know how to read. I, I'm telling I, you. I, I'm English questioning might be my a lot, second dude. language. Questioning a lot. Ah, right, Nick, you're up. Pick pick your sandwich. Um, let me just put them all in a blender, and then I'll go drink that outside. No. All right. What's? Oh my god, the herring looks real bad. <laughs> I already dropped it. Perfect. <laughs> it's okay. It's in a plastic bag. To your right there. It's gonna be great for YouTube. Oh my god. It's super hard to focus on. The camera's behind us. The microphones are in front of us. Uh, I'm gonna I- eat the stupid pickle egg one first because it sounds real bad. I have a feeling the YouTube's gonna look like shit. Well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, this isn't Spielberg quality production. Oh my god! All right. What do you think? Not bad. You actually put a generous amount of peanut butter on it. I did. Yeah, I was kind. Peanut butter on both slices. That's how you do. I also like eating eggs. Mm. So the combination of egg, spicy pickle, and peanut butter. And you're saying it's good? Um, I'm an animal, yes. <laughs> if it came down to it, I would eat human beings. <laughs> so. Would you have a whole sandwich of that? Does it, no hesitation? Voluntarily, no. I'm definitely <laughs> not going to make this. <laughs> got to get my protein in, got electrolytes, and some peanut butter for some bulking. It was not bad. Wow. Man, it's actually kind of enjoyable. These tortures suck. All right, well, you got the herring next, so good luck on that one. One thing I will say when I was making it, I thought for sure this would be the one. I was like, what combination of flavors could I do to throw them off? Didn't even phase them. No, <laughs> unfortunately. I always do one seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I should have made more sandwiches. Next time we're going full sandwiches, no squares. Oh, no, no. The entire 10 minutes of the podcast, just you eating peanut butter sandwiches. Visually, this is off to Richter scale. This looks like a human being sandwich. 
Yeah, it doesn't look fun. It's gooey. It almost looks like jelly for a second, and then you look at it, and there's a fish brain in there. Yeah. It actually would have been funnier if you just took a shit in the sandwich and hid the flavor. <laughs> Pirate pickle bat. <laughs> How'd you like that one, bud? <laughs> Do you get that hint of cinnamon coming across? Hint of, dude, it's overwhelmingly cinnamon. Right? Is this what English people really eat? I guess. Uh, yeah. This is what we broke off for freedom? I've I've never once thought, you know what this fish needs? Cinnamon. Like, it's an interesting concept. Uh, is this actually, one harder or easier? This combination of flavors is actually disgusting. <laughs> the cinnamon does nothing because the aftertaste is just fish. Yeah. Peanut butter fish sandwich. Maybe, you know, we don't know what those English do. I'm going to assume they don't do this. Do I have to eat the crust or can I just eat the main piece of it? You can eat the main fish. Every time I win, I get to show off this plate. It's the texture, too, because you can feel, like, the muscle striations. Mm-hmm. I'm getting real into this. Yeah, I looked for a, a straight, straighted, whatever the word is, uh, fish particularly for this one. All right, guys, and then the last one's going to be for you. You can just enjoy that off to the side. Do your thing. Do I have to eat it? Um, No, you don't have to. I, I brought it to be kind. All right. So that was our Pirate Pickle Bet for the Moore Park Raider Fantasy Mutiny Podcast. We'll be doing it every week and giving you fantasy advice for all your Sunday matchups. Download and subscribe from Apple or Spotify Podcasts and check out our Pirate Punishment on YouTube. Was it strawberry? Um, yeah. Damn, the weakest of the jams. <laughs> all right, guys, let's get into it. Uh, I wanted to first talk about what I learned this week. Um, I learned to trust my studs and players on the waiver wire are there for a reason. Uh, whoa, this, whoa, breaking news. Nah, honestly, though, like, sometimes they, there's some people that you look at their matchups. My biggest one to me, Danny Amendola against Oakland. You get all excited. They have a terrible defense. He went off the last two weeks. Like, the rationale is there. And then he just chokes so hard in a spot you need him. Like, I couldn't have been more frustrated. And, like, for me, I think it was one of my hardest weeks. I had Cooper Cup on a bye. Chris Carson faced Tampa Bay. Mark Ingram faced the Patriots. So it was a lot of people I was kind of shifting, kind of looking at Chris Conley, Danny Amendola, Robbie Anderson. And I was kind of excited to make, like, this makeshift team that hopefully could beat the other team, like an underdog story. Wasn't even close. Um, my bench ended up doing better than the players I started. I'm going to be trusting my studs going forward. So Chris Carson's going to be right up in that lineup again. That was one thing I learned this weekend. Was there any moves you had to make for any buy reason or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. I had to uh, bench my whole team and just take one. I, I, I was too close to being a god, and I felt I was just too ahead of my league. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really, you know, it was Icarus moment. I just had to come back to reality. <laughs> you know, Icarus dies, right? It's not. Uh, it's not, not like a, oh, he soared down a not little bit. And <laughs> I hit a goose down bed, dude. I'm fine. <laughs> All right, perfect. All right, on to uh, pirate placement for the Sunday morning matchups. Uh, all scorings and rankings are pulled off Yahoo PPR 10 to 12 team leagues. We're going to be hitting the morning matchups every Sunday from now on. It's been a little tough fitting every matchup in, so we're just going to be doing Sunday mornings. You know the drill. If they're starting, they're receiving the booty. If they're benched, they're walking the plank. If they're getting an upgrade at the position because of the matchup, it's a possible flex start. you keeping a crow's nest eye on them. And if they're downgraded for the position because of the matchup, but you still got to keep them in the lineup, they are mopping the poop deck. 
We are upon the bipocalypse this week. Yeah, shout out to the NFL. Brilliant scheduling. We have six teams on a bye. The Patriots, Texans, Eagles, Jaguars, Broncos, and Redskins all have a bye this week. Not too bad for my team, so I hope others of you survive in the bipocalypse as well. On to Sunday matchups. We have the battle for New York. We got Giants at Jets. Bills are always the forgotten New York team, but uh, we got the Giants at Jets. Like, the Bills, it's funny, they're kind of like the shame stepchild that never gets mentioned. I I think it's because they're always breaking tables at family gatherings. Uh, I think the big thing is their history. They have that 30 for 30 where they lost, like, Three or four Super Bowls in a row. Four. Yeah. <laughs> They're so close. That that just crushes you. Yeah. I think whatever image you had is is just gone. Yeah, that's Dad and uh, OJ got the hell out of there. So those teams were so sick too. Like they had it going on. I mean, to get to the Super Bowl four years in a row, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean that's almost Dodger level. But you know, <laughs> thanks. Ineptitude. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the Dolphins, they just tore up the Jets for their first win of the season. So the Jets are falling apart. So you gotta gotta put as many Giants in there as possible. I'm keeping a crow's nest eye on Daniel Jones. He is very streamable for this matchup. Receiving the booty is Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley. Where it gets hard to predict is in the wide receiver. Sterling Shepard, he cleared concussion protocol last week. Then he re-entered it. So that's super scary to hear. It's not looking likely that he'll play this week. Golden Tate probably remains the safest wide receiver. He will continue to have PPR production with or without Shepard on the field. It's just, I've never heard of this before, of leaving the protocol and then days later saying, uh-oh, yeah, you have to go back in. Probably just haziness all over again. I'm sure that's... Uh, worrisome. I mean, yeah. obviously player safety is higher up on the agenda now. Yeah. If Shepard is out, Slayton could be a sickly scurvy flex start, um, but... He's a start that you'd be forced to play. I'd feel super nauseous in doing so. He's he's reached double-digit points three times this year when facing top 11 easiest defenses, so he has done good in those matchups. The Jets rank eighth, but obviously off this last uh, week, I don't even think – I think he got one target so or one catch, something along those lines, so it was not a good week. So I wouldn't trust Slayton if you don't have to. It's an easy matchup for the Jets. At this point, you still can't trust this team. Halloween is over, but Sam Darnold, he's still seeing ghosts. He lost the deep ball, and he's hitting Lev Bell and Jameson Crowder underneath all day. And even that, Le'Veon Bell just had an MRI that was negative, but he's sitting out of practice. Don't know what that means. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Adam Gase never wanted him, so yeah. this could be a thing where if you want to trade this guy, you may not even want to play him anymore just to retain the physical safety. Yeah. Darnold, you know, I have faith in Darnold in the long term, but he looks like a joke. And then a lot of the bell points for me the last game was all garbage time. I was so hot on this team. I picked up Darnold, Robbie Anderson, and then Herndon. (laughs) And I I dropped everyone but Herndon because I I don't know what happened with them. I'm just completely pivoting. You know, this is the classic submarine with no bolts, dude. (laughs) They're sinking ship for sure. Uh, Crowder, he's the only one that really receives the booty for this team. Uh, He had an 8-83-1 and touchdown kind of day. And Bell would be in that boat, too, just for his PPR presence because he's getting a lot of underneath work, like we said. But that MRI is kind of something to be scared about. So you just kind of got to keep an eye on that. Um, See if Ty Montgomery Montgomery ends up being a good stash just in case. And I've even heard rumblings of Bilal Powell. They're liking him down there, and he's kind of always stepped in a little bit during injury. Usually the best name in the NFL. (laughs) Bilal Powell. Yeah. 
Uh, so it's just, it's tough, honestly. And even if one of those two guys, I don't know how much I trust them on this Jets team, but it's just a stash just in case. Keep an eye on that injury. As a Robbie Anderson owner, you and me both had him. Um, I personally just lost faith in the deep ball. He's walking the plank onto my bench, even in the juicy matchup. People have been saying the Giants are worse than the Dolphins. Statistically, yeah. Statistically, and that is true. But I just don't trust Sam Darnold anymore. I don't think he's going to throw it long even, like, if you can't beat the Dolphins, enough said. Well, let's give some credit to the Dolphins. They're not as bad as we think they are. That being said, everyone else has smoked them. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little concerning. I think their offense isn't as bad as we thought. Fitzpatrick gave them life. But their defense, they just lost Xavier and Howard. It was such a clutch spot, and he just didn't perform. And then lastly, you kind of touched about it, Herndon. Um, I don't know if he will ever play. I, he like Every week, we, we keep holding on, holding on. Nick's been sitting on him for weeks with aggravation. Uh, Ryan Griffin, he has been good the last two weeks, and we've talked about it. Darnold is only throwing dink and dunk passes, so the tight end is super viable in New York. But who that is, you can't really tell at this time. And it, it's, it's a scary choice. Uh, you might be able to waiver Ryan Griffin, but as soon as Herndon comes in, the guy is one of the top athletes on the team. Yeah. And I say this, I've kept stash. He was supposed to be a trade stash. I have <laughs> Darren Waller. I don't need a tight end. But there's so little depth in it that I got him off the waiver. I was hoping he'd have one or two good games. I'd trade him for a good wide receiver, maybe a package deal with something. And now, like, I look like an idiot. So I'm holding <laughs> on to him just to hold on to him. Yeah. To it's, prove it to myself, man. It's a spite stash. It's spite stash for sure. <laughs> All right, guys, on to the next game. That's going to be it for that one. Falcons at Saints. You got Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Austin Hooper. They're all receiving the booty for the Falcons uh, just from sheer volume alone. The Falcons' defense is awful, so it keeps them in a pass-heavy situation. And then most of new, he's gone. That only helps Hooper and Ridley even more. Mopping the poop deck for me, it's going to be Devontae Freeman. His rushing stats this year have been absolutely awful. He's yet to break 90 yards in any game. He's averaging 41.5 rushing yards per game. So I think he will struggle against the very good New Orleans run defense. They rank 29th against running backs. Your biggest hope with him is that he gets another eight targets like he did in week eight before the bye. And so counting on PPR for Devontae Freeman is all you can really hold out for, but I don't think he's worth it, especially for what you draft. So I would hold back those expectations. That's why he's mopping the poop deck for me. I'd also be nervous to have Calvin Ridley. New Orleans really stepped up when Breeze went down after that bye, and he's the number two wide receiver. They have yet to crack 10.5 points against New Orleans. So even with Sanu out of the picture, Ridley's the third option against a good defense. I don't know. The one positive out of that is this will be Ridley's first game without Sanu and with Matt Ryan at quarterback, so there is potential there. But even then with Sanu, it wasn't like Sanu was racking up points. The third option in this team is just is fairly non-existent. That's kind of the reason, you know, why they released Sanu. Yeah. Like Matt Ryan, I think could be decent just because they're not going to be ahead in this game. Mm -hmm. But my my thing on that is I think it just gives more opportunities, more targets to Calvin Ridley. Like we said, Julio Jones and Austin Hooper are kind of priorities above him at this time in his career. But I think he's a talented wide receiver and to get rid of Sanu, who's an aging veteran, for a second-round pick, that's a good trade. Like It made sense from a GM standpoint. I think there is more opportunity for Calvin Ridley moving forward. Just in this matchup, 
some people see the Saints as they used to be an easy defense. I think they're much improved. What's his projection? Uh, let me find out. Yeah, I smell a pickle bed, dude. <laughs> All they, right. The wide receiver three ain't doing nothing this game. Wide receiver three, he says. Um, all right, so Calvin Ridley, he's projected for 12.34. Yeah. At New Orleans. Under. Easy. <sighs> at New Orleans is what scares me. The Superdome right, yeah. is amazing. And on top of that, I don't know if you guys know this, the Saints look like potentially the top NFC. I yeah. know you got the 49ers are undefeated. The Seahawks. Uh, the, the no defense Seahawks. I don't. Yeah. I don't believe that in playoff time. True. Now you know time will tell if Jimmy G can actually perform the way he did when their defense went down. But mm-hmm. he he was the weak link. Yeah. I don't know how we got on this topic, but the Saints are very good. No, they're super good. I am actually gonna decline the pickle bat. I'm gonna I'm gonna try pickle to be a little pussy. bit more s- selective. Oh yeah, dude. Calm down, low baller. Uh, the like we said in our statistics, the number two wide receiver has yet to crack ten and a half points against New Orleans. So I think I'm, that trend's going to continue, and I'm just going to kind of avoid that one. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't even say I'm nervous to play Calvin Ridley. I say you probably should not play Calvin Ridley. If you have to play him, pray. <laughs> All right, guys. And for the Saints, we got Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. They will be receiving the booty. Uh, they're going to be receiving the booty for the next four weeks. Their schedule is all green. They face Atlanta twice, the Bucks, and Carolina. Their next test really isn't until they face the Niners in week 14. Alvin Kamara, he's also going to be receiving the booty this week. Uh, if he plays against Atlanta, which looks likely, Latavius Murray might provide a sickly scurvy flex start um, because the defense is so bad. But I'd be nervous not knowing how much work he's earned. Murray wasn't fantasy relevant prior to Kamara being injured, but he did produce in the interim, so he will probably get a little bit more run. I would just wait and see to see how those carries get split. Next game, we got the Cardinals at Buccaneers. For the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, he's in a great spot against Tampa Bay. Uh, him and Christian McCaffrey, or him and Christian Kirk, received the booty against uh, one of the league's worst pass defenses. I was going to say, big trade. Didn't even <laughs> hear about that one. <laughs> They'd be much improved. Christian McCaffrey is a fantasy stud. Christian Kirk, uh, his volume should go back to normal. The Niners make everybody's stats look bad, so I think he'll get that boost once again coming away from that San Francisco game. Surprisingly, Kenyon Drake, he for some reason balled out against the Niners, so they couldn't stop him. He's the only one whose stats don't look bad. He'll probably be relegated back to the Chase Edmonds role now that David Johnson is back. David Johnson, he's going to be mopping the poop deck for me because Tampa Bay is one of the best defenses against the run. I talked about it this last week. Chris Carson faced him, and I was too nervous to put him in, so I put someone else in. I did regret it. Trust your studs. I think David Johnson, you got to put him in, but I would be holding back expectations. The last three backs that did go over 15 points, though, was Todd Gurley, Alvin Kamara, and Christian McCaffrey. And each of them saw at least five targets in those matchups. So the one thing you can count on is DJ does provide that catching ability. So against a really tough run defense, you can still get PPR points there. I don't think I could trust the six god Drake anymore after this matchup. Uh, he, he can make for a sickly scurvy flex start. But even though Edmonds had success alongside DJ, those were much easier matchups than Tampa Bay. Limited rushes against a tough defense is going to be difficult to trust. Your best bet is that DJ is still limited and Drake receives PPR work, 
which I don't want to bet on. No, because David enough. Johnson used to get a lot of like the small catches and screen passes. Exactly. <clears throat> he he proved us all wrong against San Francisco. Let's see if he can do it again, but I do not think he will do it two weeks in a row. Keeping a crow's nest eye on Larry Fitzgerald, it's been really bad for Fitz in this offense. Uh, the last three weeks, not even seeing five targets, uh, but he finally he's in a money spot right now. Against Tampa Bay, he'd be worth risking in the flex position. Someone you'd aim for just barely making double-digit fantasy points. So not a great play, but if, you, if you're tight in this bipocalypse, it's totally understandable to put him in the flex. Which is, is unusual because he's still getting 17% of the pass game. Christian yeah. Kirk is getting 22%. It just seems to be the connection Murray's having with Kirk. Is kinda, it's just the go-to. And it's a young quarterback. He doesn't need to spread the ball around. You know, He's not Aaron Rodgers who can take three or four UPS drivers and make them have touchdowns. Well, what's weird about this offense is I feel like Kyler Murray is kind of actually spreading the ball around because he does get he has those rookie receivers kind of pop off for big big plays like the Andy Isabella 88-yard touchdown. But they're, a lot of their passes go to their running backs, David Johnson, Kenyon Drake, you saw that. And then he hits Christian Kirk. That's basically the lead guy. You start trickling down. Now you're down to the fourth option, and now you're hitting Larry Fitzgerald. Like He's just not looking for him for that Hall of Fame career that he's had. I love Larry Fitzgerald. He's been amazing. Yeah, Hall of Famer. But this this year, I think that's when the decline's finally, maybe last year too, you're starting to see the decline. Patriots make a move. <laughs> uh, for the Bucks, you got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Jameis Winston. They're all receiving the booty against Arizona. Their passing game is humming, and I'd even keep a crow's nest eye on Ronald Jones, who was named the unquestioned Tampa Bay starter after this last week performance. Arizona is a defense that I just love to attack. On to the next game, we got the Ravens at Bengals. For the Ravens, receiving the booty, it's going to be Lamar Jackson, who is unstoppable as a rushing quarterback, and also Mark Ingram. Even Mark Andrews, I expect to bounce back after his New England disappointment. He's seen at least seven targets in every game besides that match. So Andrews had almost 14 points last time these two teams met. So if you're getting 14 points out of your tight end, you're super happy. But that that's New England. Yeah. You know, they take your, your top option and they try and cripple it. Exactly. So they, they removed Mark Andrews. I, I think that was just a New England strategy. He's gonna be he's still gonna be the top performer. Definitely. Nick Boyle, he had some success against New England, but I think that was also part of the game plan. I don't see his involvement moving forward as a consistent nuisance. I think Mark Andrews will be someone you can trust again after this week. I'd keep a crow's nest eye on Marquise Brown. He's always capable of busting a big play, but game script will probably lean heavy on the run against this one for Lamar and Ingram. Uh, the passing game isn't needed as much in this. The Bengals are just an atrocious team that's not going to compete, so you can run all day on them. For the Bengals... Absolutely no one. <laughs> uh, they have a quarterback change to Ryan Finley. So that you're not playing. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, I would literally just skip this whole topic. They're yeah. a winless team. They're going against the hot, hot Ravens. Yeah. And uh, it's not the Ravens' defense is, like, magnificent. But there's just there's no one on this team like it's just, it's gonna be a stomping. I think the only thing you can hope for is garbage time. But like even if you had a 22 man league, there has to be other options than the Bengal players. I I think some people have been using Tyler Boyd a lot. I actually like Tyler Boyd when AJ Green does come back. Some people might be a little bit nervous about that, but I think it was one a year ago before the injury. Uh, he was a great wide receiver too when when playing alongside AJ Green. He actually had better numbers than without Green. So. 
I think Tyler Boyd's going to be really good going forward. It really, it's all predicated on Ryan Finley, though. That was Andy Dalton. So you really have to see what this rookie has. And that makes me nervous. So kind of like Nick said, I'd keep them all on my bench and wait and see. AJ Green this week, he was looking like he was ready to go, but then he got his ankle re-aggravated or something along those lines where he didn't practice again today. So it's still a wait and see on his injury. I'm sure some people are super excited to get AJ Green back. And he was a stud wide receiver back then. But like Nick said, the season is kind of lost. So I don't know if he's just doing this as proving point because he's trying to get a new contract, something along those lines. But we'll see how much his heart is really in it. Joe Mixon walks the plank against a tough Baltimore run defense. He didn't even make six points the last time these teams played. So I definitely would look elsewhere besides Joe Mixon. What a bust this year, man. It'd be awful to have Joe Mixon. All right, so we got the Dolphins at the Colts. Uh, The Dolphins, for their offensive pieces, they're actually viable with Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Nick's lover. He's leaning the Lover. Yeah. Husband. And and dedicated husband at that. Uh, Devontae Parker, he's he's reached double-digit points in every game except for one this year. So he has been one of the most stable wide receivers there is. It's finally happened for Devontae Parker. Um, He scored four touchdowns in the last five games. And this wide receiver three, he's got an easy schedule from week 13 on. So he gets Indy this week, and I'd keep a crow's nest eye on him because Indy does tend to be a decent defense. But uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, you got Parker as the lead wide receiver now with uh, Preston Williams going out for the year. He's definitely someone you can put into your flex this week. Because of the position, you can kind of keep a crow's nest eye on Mike Gesicki. He's their tight end. Uh, Last week he caught six for 95. And he faces Indianapolis, who ranks seventh against tight ends. So he's not my favorite fill-in, but the position is a thin position. And he's basically one of those dart throws that you can take a shot at, is w- worth looking at. Definitely granted, this was, if you look at his game log, this is definitely an anomaly. But at the same time, it's the end of the year. Everyone's weakest position is usually the tight end. Yeah. It is, it's just a, it's a void. You're always trying to fill it. If you're someone who's streaming constantly... This guy is probably on your waiver wire. If he's not, he was just picked up. Yeah. You need to get him because if he has even a few more games like this, this is all you really need. This yeah. is like you get into the playoff push. He was he was picked up in our league, and he's he's definitely a no-namer, but like that happens sometimes. Like a no-namer just becomes so vital during those last few weeks. Like As an example, Damian Williams was a no-namer, and then he carried people through the playoffs last year. And, I mean, I was on the fence with Gasicki versus Herndon, now, I have telepathic future powers because I know what day it is. And Herndon was the AOK by, uh, God, I can't remember that guy's name, the bearded. Gaze? Oh, God. <laughs> the, the man inspires zero confidence. I can't even remember his name. He's a head coach. He finally cleared Herndon for practice. Crazy eyes, they call him. Yeah. Oh, without the beard last year, the, the, <laughs> the post game interviews were just like. It was like watching an episode of The Twilight Zone. Yeah. I know Gase isn't like super young or anything, but it's funny. Fitzpatrick with his beard, it just seems like he could be his father or like like their like father-in-law, stepdad or something like that. Like It's probably why he left Miami because Fitzpatrick is just like, son, you just got to get on to bigger and better things. <laughs> the Man, from the Dolphins to the Jets. Uh, hey, more the Jets wins, baby. The Dolphins. They're both awful. <laughs> Um, even after taking the leading running back position, you got Kalen Balaj, and I'd still be walking the plank on him. Uh, Dolphins are trying so hard not to make this guy their feature guy. Uh, he's been the third option on the team all year, and uh, he's playing against the 24th ranked defense. That's not somebody I want to really go afterwards, and the running back position rarely scores for the Dolphins. 
The yeah, only it's peop- all Fitz magic. Exactly. The only people I'd be trusting Fitz magic and Parker for this one. Were the Colts? You're keeping a crow's nest eye on their quarterback. Uh, I don't know who it's going to be at this point in time. Jacoby Brissett. He's been feeling better throughout the week. You got Brian Hoyer. Either one of those guys who ends up being the starter, they're both going to be streamable. Depending on who you get. Wow, look at that sound effect. It's beautiful. I'm on the beach right now. Yes, we did uh, Is it. this Corona time? <laughs> is Tony Romo here? Tony's stepping in here. How you doing, buddy? He brought Coronas. Depending on uh, who you got to start, uh, Jacoby feels like the better player for sure, but uh, he might be unsure depending on the weak injury, so just keep keep up with it. But you basically, you're facing the Dolphins. You want to put in as many Colts pieces as you can. Would there you are- really say that Brisket is a better player than... Brian Hoyer, somebody who we've probably never heard of. You can't even pick out of a lineup. You should be able to pick out. He's a New England guy. You love really? New England quarterbacks, yeah? I actually had no idea. I follow the brisket because of his New England experience. Yeah, the both of them. They they both got that New England heritage. He He's obviously the backup. <laughs> he never started over Tom Brady. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so, Wait, can we go into that? No, no we're no, good. Let's skip that, yeah. All right, Marlon Mack, he receives the booty for us against one of the worst run defenses. He's going to be definitely the treasure chest lock of the week. With a possible backup quarterback, the Colts will rely on Mac heavily. Uh, he could easily see 20 touches in this game. And keeping a crow's nest eye on Zach Pascal. Um, he's, he's my boy. Yeah, dude. He's. I wanted to get him. I couldn't get him. I want a Colt on my team, darn it. Zach Pascal, he's stepped in as the number one wide receiver for the Colts. And with the Colts missing T.Y. Hilton and now Paris Campbell because of injury, he should be the featured guy for the next two to three weeks. And shame on my league. I'm in first place. My first waiver pick was for the uh, the Ravens defense because New England's on a bye, and they have a juicy, juicy matchup. Mm-hmm. My second pick was Pascal. Somehow it went through everyone twice, then came back to me, and I got him. Oof. Like, uh, I, I'm just saying I hard pivot. I'm off the Jets. I'm on the Pascal train. I'm riding this for a week. That's the move, man. You can't get too attached. You got you assess, reevaluate, assess, reevaluate. We love the Jets going into this, and then after that monster week against it's the Dolphins, it's parkour. Fantasy is parkour. You got to be up and at them, jumping around, skiddly dolly boodly bop bop boop. <laughs> That's parkour. That's the sound effect for. You haven't uh, seen that? Uh uh-uh. uh. Instagram it. All right, I got it. Um, so we got Lions at Bears. Uh, mopping the poop deck for the Lions. It's going to be Matthew Stafford. He's been red hot, and it's been awesome. But it's kind of been a combination of good schedule, and they also, the Lions lost carry on Johnson. So they basically elected to forget the run. The problem with that this week is the Bears are great against the pass. They're 26 hardest against quarterbacks and easy against the run. They're eighth easiest against running backs. So this will be the, their strength on strength, essentially. They're going to try to throw the ball on them, and that's where the Bears are one of the best. Can I get a keyboard check on his projection? Uh, Yeah, of course. I'll be on that. It's going to be high. I bet you. I mean, I'm definitely going to lowball it, but we can, we can try and pickle this. <laughs> All right. So he's projected. Ooh, it's not that high. 1779. You want to take that? Um, This is my thing. The Bears' defense started off amazing, and I think it's just it's it's not like they've downgraded. Yeah, their offense is just so bad. I think their morale is losing it. It's just, I agree. If you're on the field for 45 minutes as a defense, <laughs> I don't care if you're the 85 Bears. It just it doesn't matter. You don't have enough players to cycle through. You don't have enough endurance to deal with it. And Matt Stafford has been pretty red hot. Yeah, it's, and he's been throwing the deep ball. If you've been watching him, it just <laughs> it's like every third pass is like playing NFL blitz, where you just run backwards and just jam circle for the hail mary. <laughs> 
Yeah, because Stafford's so mobile. No, he's been he's got Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. He's got deep threats. And it's man up. Are you gonna take it? I'll take it at nineteen and a half. Seven, 19, Seventeen I'll is take low. It. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna say. The last three weeks, he's hit twenty nine and a half. 24, 25. So when I say downgraded expectations, I'm saying he's not going to get that 25. 18, 25. Mark. 18, 25. It's at 17, 7. You want a 19? Yeah, I want a 19. Hey, 18, 25. That's up 0.5. I can even do 18, 5. All right. Whatever. We need a pickle bet on the board. All right, I'll take it at 18 half. I'll take the under on that. All right, so we got ourselves a pickle bet. All right, so Kenny Galladay. He's been on fire regardless of the matchup, so you have to keep him in. Against the 24th, 25th, and 26th hardest matchups against wide receivers, he's still put up at least 17 points in each contest. It's those deep balls. Yeah. He's just, he's just catching them. Yeah, he's been and, – and they're, they're play calling. They know Kenny Galladay is the number one guy now. Like, they had a flea flicker for him. They're, they're trying to get him open creatively, and they're doing a great job with how much volume well, they're even getting. Even, you know, it's weeks back, the Green Bay game, they mm-hmm. opened up the drive with – we're just going to throw 40 yards. Yeah. yeah. Like, Matt Patricia is definitely just pulling. He's like, hey, no more small passes. We're going deep with this thing. And yeah. Matthew Stafford's really just opening up. Yeah. It's been a great year for their I th- offensive I think, pieces. You know, speaking about him into the playoff picture, it's a little difficult because he has some hard matches. But he is like, he's just been incredible. If I could have rode him for the last few weeks, I'd been so happy. Yeah, he's been on fire. So, Chicago ranks 28th. So, they're tough. But, he, like we said, he's been fine against those top hard defenses. He's going to be, so I came up with a new one. He's going to be the fuck it whirlpool pick of the week. So that's when you're, you see the whirlpool up ahead. You see the singing sirens, the cracking monsters popping out. But like Odysseus, you just say fuck it and you travel on ahead anyway. I'm not exactly sure that's what he said. <laughs> just like that. You see it, but you, you go full steam that, ahead. Uh, actually, remembering reading the, the Homer Odyssey, is just, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's exactly how it went. I love it. Just like this. That, that's Odysseus himself right there. You didn't hear that? All right, so we got Marvin Jones. I just want to keep playing that sound back. That's probably <laughs> right? my Yeah, favorite. I really like it. <laughs> the mental imaging. <laughs> so uh, Marvin Jones, he just gets all his points in bulk. Um, when he sees a bad defense, he certainly takes advantage. This year, he scored 22 points against Philly, 43 against Minnesota, and 26.5 against Oakland. Each of them are top 10 easiest against wide receivers. Well, you got breaking news. Boom, boom, Tonight at 7, A.J. Green is not playing. Ooh, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, take that out of your lineup. Maybe a small upgrade for Tyler Boyd, but honestly, nothing really changes because you got Ryan Finley as the quarterback, and you kind of got to assess how he plays. But back to Marvin Jones. Against bottom nine defenses, Jones averages only eight fantasy points. So for that reason, he's mopping the poop deck for me as a low-end flex. Even with carry-on absent he only put up 6.2 points against the giants the week before his blow up week so his upside comes in volume but when it, against a harder matchup i would be a little bit more hesitant because he's he can fade away in those times unlike kenny galladay who's just been foolproof all the way through and then amandola for me he's gonna be uh he pissed me off he's gonna be my <laughs> bootstrap bill drop of the week He's hot and cold, man. Yeah, you gotta get that Katy Perry sound effect. <laughs> gotta, yeah, we gotta pay for that, unfortunately. But no, he, I would drop him to to the depths of the sea, dude. He had a sweet spot last week. I was so excited. Him against the Raiders, I was kind of making this makeshift team, and he just disappointed so badly. So I dropped him immediately. He pissed me off so much. Uh, moving forward, 
TJ Hawkinson, he's worth keeping a crow's nest on if you're desperate for a sickly, scurvy flex start at the tight end. <laughs> is, is that the drop itis? He's suffering from that. So badly, dude. Hawk, Hawkinson, he put up 8.6 points against Oakland, so he kind of started to get a little bit better. He he drops a ton of touchdowns. I, I can't say anything against that. Like It's just a fact. But he does have a super easy schedule moving forward for the rest of the season. He basically faces four of the top six easiest defenses against tight ends and three top 20 easy. So he's basically middle of the pack, meaning he has no hard matchups the rest of the season. So, but it is a safety general's warning. He will disappoint you somehow, uh, even with a good matchup. Yeah. Him, Amandola, Corey Davis. But like we said, we're throwing darts out here for tight ends. If you really you want to go Mike Kosicki or the rookie TJ Hawkinson, like I would pivot to the bigger name. But obviously, th- this is how bad the tight end position has become. Next, we also got the running back situation here in Detroit. It's tough, man. I really don't know where to go with this one. You got McKissick and Ty Johnson. Um, they're both going to be sickly scurvy flex starts <laughs> if you have to use them. I mean, it's just during this... Bipocalypse, it's just been so scary to to put in a player in your flex. Uh, Bipocalypse is hitting everybody. And so, Damn. one, one I thing. I love it. <laughs> who, who the bell tolls for? <laughs> one thing about this uh, Detroit running game is they're not going to be used often, but Chicago is just so bad against the run. For me, if I had to pick between the two of them, you got Ty Johnson. He's getting the most carries, but I like McKissick because he's the PPR back. So McKissick would be the guy for me. The thing with McKissick is they're getting similar targets, but he gets more done with the targets that he has. He scored a touchdown. He got 40 yards. Ty Johnson's been getting targets and just getting 12 yards on the reception total over the whole course of the game. Like really low yardage numbers. They've been really bad. But he does get like 12 carries. So you do get that upside of he might be the one to carry it in for the goal line or something along those lines. But if I had to bank on it, the Detroit Lions just look like they're going to be throwing the rest of the season. So I, I would be going with the PPR back in McKissick. And then for the Bears, we move them forward. We got Mitchell Trubisky, and that dude has just been absolutely awful. And for some reason, they continue to move forward. So I guess we got an opportunity to play that drop again. Can I get the kiss sound effect? Hope he gets oh, mono. Now, that, that's Mitch Kitchens ask goodbye. I, there's no way he stays here after the season. And if he is, he's getting bent. With Cam Newton and IR, you yeah. know, this is long-term speaking, I think it opens up a lot. You can't, there's no way. He had a decent year. He came back. He totally regressed. And I think as a Chicago fan, I'd be fucking losing it. Your defense looked amazing. They came off strong. Allen Robinson looked good. You just need this guy <laughs> to do something. And yeah. I think last week, in the first quarter, they had nine total yards. Yeah, uh, he, he just hasn't gotten it done. I mean, I've never seen an offense so bad in the first half. That's nine yards. That's not he, 90. He had one nine. pass past the line of scrimmage. Every other pass was behind it. And then it was obviously yards after catch for that. So that's crazy. That is so bad. So the second half obviously was better, but at that point, the game's basically over. They almost made a comeback, but not really. The Eagles just had it handed, and they, they kind of just coasted the rest of the way. So here's what I would say, though. This is a sweet matchup against Detroit. They're one of the worst defenses against the pass, but you still can't trust them. He's absolutely crippling the offense, and that's kind of scary for Allen Robinson. But I love Allen Robinson. He's a beast, so he's still receiving the booty for me. He had a dud week last week, and it's hard not to with Mitchell Trubisky as your quarterback. But I think in this spot, it's a get-right spot, and he's going to get rolling again. Can I get the bubble sound effect? Uh, This is me syncing myself. I'm actually streaming 
the Detroit uh, defense against yeah. the Bears because of how bad Mitch is. And because I just said that, I bet Mitch throws five touchdowns and I lose the game. <laughs> uh, it would be a shock, especially throwing him, maybe running him. But, dude, he's just – I think you'll be totally fine with that play. It's a bad defense, but it's an even worse offense. So I think you'll be – you'll come out somewhere middle in the ground. We also got David Montgomery. He's finally getting way more carries. So he's receiving the booty for me against one of the worst run defenses against the running backs. His production's kind of been up and down, which is a little bit weird. Last week, he only averaged 2.85 yards per carry, but he salvaged the day with two touchdowns. That's kind of understandable because the Eagles tend to have a stout defense against running backs, but I really don't think you care how he gets it done as long as he gets it done. And his schedule is opening up moving forward. And they obviously don't trust Trubisky to win games, so Montgomery should be a feature back moving forward. So we got the Chiefs at the Titans for our next game. And in Week 10, the Messiah returns. Patrick Mahomes, he graces the field yet again. Who is he? Never heard of him. (laughs) That being said, I'd still be a little bit hesitant. He mops a poop deck for me. I know everyone's super excited, and obviously Patrick Mahomes is a stud, but I'm going to take the contrarian position here. Weeks four through seven before the knee dislocation, Mahomes was under 20 points a game. He has not been the same this year. And granted, he was dealing with an ankle issue back then, and teams were keeping the ball away from him with running the ball. Again, he's got some injury that he's coming back from. Titans, they're going to be a really good defense, and they're going to run the ball a lot. This is the formula that works against Mahomes. So for this first week back, I'd obviously still be playing him, but I'd be nervous to see which Mahomes graces the field because with that knee dislocation, he's coming back early, and that kind of scares me. I wanted him to stay out an extra week. And I'm wondering if uh, Andy Reid, the walrus himself, <laughs> asked for another quarterback sneak. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they'll ever run that again. I'd give it to Travis Kelsey, dude. Put a big body on there. What are you thinking? Um, so we got Travis Kelsey. Help, man. Put Reed in there. He's a big body. <laughs> dude, have you seen those um, the footage of him as a kid in like middle school? Yeah, he's, it looks like he's 26. Dude, it looks like he's eating three of those kids. It's <laughs> crazy. He might have. That's why they snapped the photo. That was crime scene evidence. <laughs> uh, so we got Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. They're always going to be receiving the booty at this point. They're, you can't bench them ever. Uh, Sammy Watkins, he makes for a sickly scurvy flex start. He's going to be... This matchup isn't great. But his volume has been pretty good. He's gotten 8 and 10 targets the last two weeks since being back from injury. So he's basically the third receiving option on this dynamic offense. He's worth considering in a flex start. And he's a lizard king. (laughs) He's going to do reptilian things. Yeah. Shout out to fantasy footballers. I think we've mentioned them twice, so I don't want to steal their things. Lizard king, I love their nicknames. They're a great show, too. Love their podcast. I mean, he came on Twitter and said, I'm not a human. I'm some kind of reptilian. Yeah. Have you seen the lizard? king he's actually supporting it he he has all this like lazard king like memorabilia now oh, i love it yeah it's pretty great damian williams he receives the booty for me he he went off this past week and he most likely earned andy reed's trust after shady mccoy basically just fumbled his chances away williams looks like he's the trusted starter moving forward and mccoy he's going to be walking the plank for me he's on the bench and he's on his team's bench so he should be on your bench as well for the titans It's all systems go for Derrick Henry. Uh, He will be fed the ball to kill the clock and keep Mahomes off the field. So he receives the booty for me in this one. And while quarterback Ryan Tannehill, he's worth keeping a crow's nest eye on. He's actually going to be streamable going forward. I think above streamable. Yeah? Well, not rosterable. But he's actually pretty proficient. I I really don't want to like the guy Mm -hmm. because I – I didn't really care. I waited so long when he was on Miami to do something. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, my God, it's just nothing. But fantasy-wise, 
he's been doing actually really well. Really well. He's actually he's so he's averaged twenty one and a half points his last three games. Yeah. So that's crazy. That's great. And you want twenty points as your quarterback and for Kansas sure. Kansas City isn't known for their defense. Not at all. Top- In fact, they're known for their lack of defense. <laughs> they're top ten easiest against quarterbacks. You are correct. So the formula to beat the Chiefs, it's obviously to run the ball, but when playing keep up, the quarterback is also a good spot to go because you have to keep up with the Chiefs if they do end up getting exactly ahead of you. if they come out and Mahomes does his magic where they just whip two touch. That, oh man, that's my issue. The Tyree kill. I don't think the Titans' defense is as good as everyone kind of perceived. It's the same effect with the Bills. Since you think Tannehill might be more streamable or more than just streamable with the same line that we put on Matthew Stafford, would you give that line to Ryan Tannehill? Um, I really could. Because yeah, 19 my, my, and a half, right? Or 18 and a half? What did yeah. you settle? 18 and a half? I could do that. All right, I'll take the under on 18 and a half on there, too. All right, we got two pickle easy, bets for Easy you. bets. I'm sure I'm going to get murdered by the quarterback position I, this like, week. Listen, after that game where the Titans coach didn't challenge that uh, ridiculous play, and he just let it watch, and he held the flag like he was going to do it, and it almost cost him the game. I think that was versus the Chargers. Yeah, I think this guy's dumb enough to pull the safeties down and let Tyreek Hill get over them. So I, I think as much as they love to give Derrick Henry 40 or 50 carries a game, I think this is going to come down to Tannehill. Got it. I could write a thesis about safeties and yeah. not covering Tyreek Hill. He's the fastest man on earth. Yeah. Like, yes, Usain Bolt is, like, somewhere out there eating chicken nuggets and running really quickly, but Tyreek Hill on the football field is just so disgustingly fast. I don't know how you come under him. There yeah. should be three or four dudes above him. There, yeah, there are, and then he beats you in those cushy I'm zones. You, no. That first like year, Mahomes when they came out and played, yeah, it was like everyone just thought they could play catch up. Like, oh, I'll just get the right angle, yeah. and then catch him. It's like, dude, there's no right angle. Yeah, I think they've learned. He he is the cheetah. It's almost like your Lamar Jackson take. Like, why can't they defend him? Well, obviously, New England couldn't do it. He's a special. They're just special players, man. Hey, wait, we can discuss that too. <laughs> he was not as effective as a run. He had two rushing touchdowns, but goal line, yeah. very difficult to stop. But mm-hmm. he had 16 attempts and 61 yards. That wasn't crazy efficient. And a lot of his design runs were pretty much stopped. It's just a scrambling. Yeah. Like, I have He's way more respect for him. Dude, he, he can scramble. Right. He can do the Michael Vick thing. But why don't they just put a spy on him? I well, don't if you notice, it. they had. Okay, first off, when they put a spy on uh, Bobby Wagner, he's just too slow. Yeah. He's. Okay, he's an incredible linebacker, but he's not athletic enough to stop Lamar. If you watch the Patriots, they usually had, you know, Van Noy and someone else to kind of try and contain him. I think that's the best you can do. You can contain him. You can't match him one-on-one with somebody. Maybe like Luke Keekley or something like that. But, you know, different topic. Yeah, I hear you. There, Some people are just special. That's kind of my point. Yeah, he, no, he's, he's amazing. Yeah. Like, he earned my respect. All right, so we got we've got both Matthew Stafford and Ryan Tannehill at 18.5 points for our pickle bets this week. Bring it on, baby. All right, so my favorite recipient for the uh, Titans, it's going to be A.J. Brown, then Corey Davis. They're both kind of toss Can I get oh-no on Corey Davis? Oh, heck yeah. Oh, no. Do not play Corey Davis. Yeah, he will lie to you. <laughs> he He's athletic. He's talented. It makes sense. Tannehill gets points. He will lie to you. Yeah, you. I just, I cannot advise it. I hear you, and that's. I guess that's why I have a little bit more hope for AJ Brown as an upcoming talented rookie who's actually shown good things. Corey Davis, he's so hot, and like you said, we gotta get Katy Perry in here, hot he's, and he's cold. He's terrible. Yeah, he's just terrible. Chuck. Every <laughs> every time you trust him, he lets you down. Um, both their floors are honestly they're terrifying. 
I wouldn't really want to start either of them, but the thing is, Tannehill, he's getting the job done, but he spreads it around. You got a little bit of Tajay Sharp in there. You got your tight ends, your stuff like that. So it's really difficult predicting who's going to be the one catching the ball, but A.J. Brown's been the most consistent the last three weeks, even though Corey Davis is being targeted a little bit more. And then the last thing, we got Jonu Smith. He's been streamable as well as tight end. Uh... Kansas City ranks 10th easiest against tight ends, and Delaney Walker is likely, likely going to be out another week. So I think Johnny Smith someone you can put in your lineup if you're struggling at tight end as well. Just from the tight ends we talked about earlier, Johnny Smith, the rookie, Hawkinson, I think I'd put all of them before Mike Kosicki. I, I just still can't trust the Dolphins tight end just yet. All right, so we got Bills and Browns moving forward. Last game for you here. So for the Bills, Devin Singletary, he's finally been freed. He outsnapped Frank Gore. Gore saw like 11 rushes while Singletary got 20 and four additional targets. It came at a great time because with Cleveland and Miami on the schedule, each of them are going to be top nine easiest against running backs. Singletary receives the booty for me in this matchup. Josh Allen, he's been serviceable these last two weeks with 17 points, and that'll probably continue against the middle-of-the-pack Cleveland defense. They rank 13th, so not super in love with Josh Allen, but usable. John Brown, he's reached double-digit fantasy points in all nine games except for in week three where he reached nine and a half. So he is one of the safest floors out there. He's had four receptions and 50 yards in every game he's played. That's guaranteed nine-point floor from a wide receiver two slash three. So that's one of the best in the NFL. He definitely receives the booty. That's my boy. I drafted him. I had faith in him. He's doing me well. Next, we got the Bees, Cole Beasley. Um... He scored a touchdown the last three games, and he barely broke 13 points in one week. So his floor is scary low without scoring a touchdown, but he's done it the last three weeks. Can we call him the bees? Yeah, I the like bees. Yeah. I know. I should have done a bees drop. This is perfect. This is actually it tailors into it. He, he had a touchdown last week. I picked him up, and I've held him for a while because he's supposed to be a PPR monster. Yeah. He had two receptions. Yeah. And one was for a touchdown. If he didn't get that touchdown, he gave you like three points. Exactly. So I'm thinking if you got Beasley, you got bzzz out of here, you know? Yeah. You'll get stung if you keep playing him. Uh, he walks the plank for me. You Basically, you have to rely on that touchdown now, and that is not sustainable. Touchdown a game, there's no way Beasley is doing that every week. Two receptions, a touchdown? No. Yeah. And not happening. No. So you got to move on from him. And then with Singletary taking over, Gore, he's also going to be walking the plank, Frank Gore. Uh, even as a steady rusher, his fantasy appeal has always been pretty minimal. Now he's getting less work. In a PPR league, he's just not going to be usable for you. And then moving forward, we got the Browns. For the Browns, Nick Chubb, he's been the only fantasy player that you've been excited to play week in and week out. And now Kareem Hunt is back, and he's going to mess things all up. Chubb, his 5.2 yards per carry, it's been insane. I don't think he'll lose the feature role, but Hunt's going to come in, and he certainly he can catch, and he's going to take that PPR away from Chubb, and he might take a, a three to five carries away from Chubb. So Chubb, who's been seeing 20 carries on a regular basis, now it's going to might drop to like 17, 15, something along those lines. So, And we, the head coach has already said he's got a role for Kareem Hunt moving oh, forward. Oh, yeah, he's got a role. I mean, look at look at Kansas City without Hunt. They had a running back committee. It's kind of up in the air, you know, pretty muddled whirlpool, whatever you had to say. Yeah. I mean, Kareem Hunt. There's yeah. There's no way to simulate missing, you know, the NFL for ten weeks. There's no way to simulate getting hit. Yeah, exactly. And being in a game, but the guy is an all star. Mm-hmm. He's just absolutely. He's one of the better backs in the league. Yeah. I mean, their backfield's crazy. Those are easily two of the top 10 running backs in their backfield. They the only have, issue is uh, 
Your own line sucks. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. So moving forward, for this week at least, I still definitely trust Chubb. He's receiving the booty for me. Like we said, it's going to take time to get acclimated to NFL speed. So I'd keep a crow's nest eye on Kareem Hunt. Uh, maybe bench stash him for you. Uh, kind of like Melvin Gordon when he had his holdout. It's taken him a while to get up to speed. So I think that's going to happen with Kareem Hunt. The scary part to that is the waters might be more muddied come fantasy playoff time. That might be where Hunt finally starts to hit his stride. And you're going to have Nick Chubb who has the green light. It's going to be really hard to determine between Chubb and Hunt around yeah, those times. This could definitely be a Chargers moment where Eckler's good, Gordon's good. When you combine them, it's oversaturated and they kind of cannibalize each other. Exactly. And I, I'd be nervous looking forward. We'll see how that plays out. But again, on top of all that limited work, you do get a shitty O-line. I'd still trust Chubb. He's been too good for now. All right, so we got Moff in the poop deck. It's going to be OBJ. Uh, it's been a down year for him for sure. He's been... Can we get the O-no? Oh, no. <laughs> that was OBJ. Baker's face when he gave the goat hair shoes to Tom Brady. just in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe that. Why don't you just wait until, you know, a few hours after the game or something? To shave? To sh- wait, to shave? No, to give oh. the, the cleats to Brady. Oh, I didn't know he did that. No, no, no. You didn't see that picture? No. Nah, tell me about it. Okay, so you know at the end of the game, you know, everyone comes in the middle of the field and shakes hands and shit? Yeah. So OBJ gave cleats with goat hair, real authentic goat hair uh-huh. for the goat to Tom Brady. Uh-huh. They say OBJ on them for some odd reasons. I don't even <laughs> think they're wearable. Yeah. And in the background of the photograph is Baker <laughs> looking super depressed. Like, like what uh-huh. else could you say? Your wide receiver one just gave Tom Brady goat hair cleats yeah. after just getting just completely Destroyed. shit on. Yeah. Poor, poor Baker, man. He's getting torn up on Twitter. You talk all that smack, and then it comes back to bite you if you don't perform. I love Jalen Ramsey because he talks that smack, and he backs it up. Oh, oh I don't know about that. Oh. Last year, he was getting smoked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I, it was more, I thought the offense, like you said, the offense just deteriorates, and then the defense just gets depressed and doesn't play hey, as hard. Hey, man, as a Patriots fan, when Saxonville was talking all that shit, yeah. getting ready for the playoffs, and they came out, and just we crippled them. Yeah. So you got to be careful. So what I was going to say was, uh, no, there's actually been pictures going around about uh, Baker Mayfield this last game. He came out off the bus, full beard, and then he shaved to a handlebar mustache for the game. Uh, He should have kept it. I thought that looked great. Yeah. And then they got their butts whooped by Denver, who had their, uh, not even a start, Brandon Allen, their backup quarterback in. And then he shaved the handlebar mustache saying he didn't deserve a handlebar mustache. So he came out, no, nothing anymore. And people are like, it was a little weird you shaved twice before postgame. And then on top of all that, he came out in a trench coat, looked all depressed. He basically looked homeless, like super sad. And so same thing. Oh, no. It's, yeah. been, a, it's been a bad year for He looked Cleveland. like a guy like in a liquor store telling yeah. like the clerk about it's his kid's birthday and he's trying to buy him like a pack of gum or something. He hasn't <laughs> talked to him in six or seven years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it, and now she's just so sad. The imagery, dude, you got to admit, the trench coat was bizarre. The mustache was bizarre. Oh, all of it, yeah. It was like oversized. It's like, I'm used to Cam Newton coming out looking like, you know, the banana dull fruit lady. <laughs> and then he comes out with like, it looked like he just hit a thrift store right before the game. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, so, OBJ, he's been mopping the poop deck. He's he's one hand catching the mop for now, and he's been doing it for a while. But you got to downgrade your expectations for sure against the 30th-ranked Buffalo wide receiver defense. Uh, OBJ has provided double digits against the 32nd and 31st defense these last two weeks. So at least there's a floor you can count on, which is kind of nice. But this matchup isn't much easier. Uh, his schedule does lighten up moving forward, so maybe move moving forward you might be a little bit happier with OBJ. And you have noticed that when he's got points lately, when he makes, he's still OBJ. He can still make great catches. Yeah, and you can kind of shake some defenders. It's not on him, poor guy. It's not on. It's but when he makes the points, he does like small little slants and yeah. pose. Yeah, like Freddie Kitchens is such a fucking moron. He just he like he always sends him deep as if you know Baker has six to seven seconds to throw the ball. I think the Browns are looking to drop Freddie Kitchens to the depths there. I, I think he's going to be moving vo- gone by the next year. All right, guys, so we also got Jarvis Landry. He also mops the poop deck uh, with similar production to OBJ this year. Both of them, 102 points compared to 98.5 points. In these two tough matchups, Jarvis Landry has actually outperformed OBJ. So OBJ, he's receiving the shadow coverage, or he's getting all the defensive attention, and Landry actually acts as the safety valve for this poor porous Cleveland O-line. And there's there's a weird connection or disconnection between Baker and OBJ. In the red zone last week, when he didn't throw in the ball, it was like, who would you want to throw the ball to? This guy literally was on the cover of Sports Illustrated with one of the greatest catches ever. Yeah. And you don't want to throw him the ball in the red zone? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. Laundry's been out-targeting OBJ. I, I don't know what it is and that there's, there's something they got to figure out in the waters, but I think my bold prediction this week is actually that you're going to have Jarvis Landry outperform OBJ. Wow. Should we call him Dirty Laundry until he approves? <laughs> Dirty Laundry. I like that. I like it too. It's a bold prediction. Wow. We will see how it goes. And last but not least, we got Baker Mayfield. And he's feeling dangerous this week. But he's feeling dangerous because he is walking the plank. Um, who knows if he'll survive the cold seas, but at least he's got that homeless trench coat to keep him warm. And he's got progressive to keep him insured. And that was our Week 10 Morning Matchup Pirate Placement. Good luck this week in your quest for a championship. Uh, Remember to subscribe and download More Park Raider Fantasy Mutiny on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And check out the Pirate Pickle Bets on YouTube by searching our podcast name. Until next time, I'm Robert Gonzalez, the fantasy captain, and that was Nick Idlebach, the pickle bet lowballer. Anyway, you should get the the, the porky pig like, that's all, folks. (laughs) See you next week, guys.